Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for Ahab, Ishmael, and Queequeg. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. Tyler, what did you make me watch? Oh, goodness. Now, hold on now. <laughs> you wanted, you said to me, you says, I want a fat man's opinion on the whale. So here we are. You're getting a fat man's opinion on the whale. Don't come at me like this is my idea. You were like, yeah, but oh, I'm interested to see what you see. Uh, you yeah, just like, wanted to feel good about yourself. You know you wanted it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you didn't have to say it. That's how close we are. I knew you wanted me to beg you to watch this movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean. Oh, man. There. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tyler, do you want to summarize, give us a little synopsis of the plot of The Whale? Oh, it's Brendan Fraser, and he's put on a little weight. And it's, you know, it's a bio, it's a biopic. Some might say they'd be wrong, but they, some people might say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone who didn't know what they're talking about would yeah. absolutely call this a, uh, a, a biopic. biopic. Yeah. Um, I can tell you that on the IMDb page, it did just show me a scene from the sound of music for some reason. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, that's what more do you really need to know about this movie? It's it's by <laughs> everyone's favorite filmmaker, Darren Aronofsky. 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 We're never going to get invited to any, you know, we're never going to get invited to the cool indie screenings. And premieres oh, the way like this is going. The disrespect, it. you know He's, what I'm saying? This man. I mean, have you seen his movies? Have you seen them? Tyler, I'm, let's talk about this. This movie's called The Whale, and it is about a man played by Brendan Fraser. You nailed it. So let's Fraser. talk about this. Did you like it? Did you love it? Did you hate it? What What was your hot take? Your, your first opinion on it? Um... I, I got some words for people who have uh, shared some opinions with me previous okay. to it. And uh, here's my words, Cody. You're wrong. Everything that you said, you're wrong. Uh, and you're a bad person. Me? But, well, it's fine. All right. Everything I said. This man <laughs> talked to you about this Swan. movie. Okay. Cody, Look, no, nobody no, saw on. this movie. We're Let's be clear about that. Diverging. Bro, the, you're doing this divert here in the yeah. pre part. We're not even all the way in the I intro. I just need to know if I did this, this right. Is a okay. Whole, uh, Cody black Swan popped up on the recommended movies for yeah. us on the TV the other day. And I looked at my wife and I said, yeah. it's like fight clubs for ball. It's like fight club for ballerinas. Uh, <laughs> is that accurate? <laughs> is that accurate? Look, Kind of. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's inaccurate by any stretch of the imagination. As someone who is more familiar with Fight Club than uh, most people, you know, I'm fine with the comparison. Yeah. I've never seen either movie, well, but I, that's all I know about them. So Tyler, Fight Club, it's a classic. Save yourself the trouble. Read the book. All right. Black Swan is pretty good. I thought it was a good one. Let's talk. But we're talking about the whale. Let me the tell whale. you, I thought this was, I really like the movie. And um I'm really excited to fight about it with you. You know, you whatever it goes, there's going to be something we're going to be able to fight about. And I'm I'm really excited about that. You know, 
You should be excited. I think you're going to be excited. You're going to be disappointed and you're going to be wrong. And that's fine. All right. Because for the once, Cody, we're watching a movie. We've watched a movie where, Cody, (laughs) I'm coming at this so hard in the like, you're racist if you say I'm wrong about anything, Cody. That's what that's all it is. Right. That's that's how it's got to be. Like you are a racist if you think I'm wrong because I. Tyler, this is your chance to exercise your privilege in no way that you've ever got to before. You know, Cody. You know what I'm saying? Man, all right. And this is a movie about Uh a fat man. Yeah. It's exciting. It's so exciting. So, Cody, is there anything else? Is there something else you want to say? I got got nothing else. Cody, hop on. I lost my notes. And <laughs> yes, up on my rascal. rascal. And let's head uh, on. Let's head the two miles down the one lane, you know, back road to the grocery store because that's where you always see the rascals. Yep. Right? And where is oh, it? Yeah. It's in Spoiler Town, USA, Cody. Yes. So I'm assuming, Cody. Man. Now that we're here, what are you? Ass- yeah. Uh, that uh, you're gonna need me to go first because you lost all your notes and you don't remember anything and you hate fat people. Obviously, I can go first, but obviously, I'm going to let you go first because that's the kind of gentleman I am. Let me charge up my rascal here while you start zooming about, you know, on right. yours. Here's the thing, Cody. I uh, I at no point even thought to bring up a timer, but guess what? It's up now. So here we go. I'm going. All right. We're here. We're in spoiler town. Cody, here's the thing. My first nut is holy monkey nuts. He's a big boy. Second note, oh, he's a gay big boy. Because <laughs> it's a twist, a couple of twists and turns there at the beginning, Cody. He's a big man. He's a gay big man. All right. Isn't that fun? Because normally, Cody, I don't know if you're aware of this. Normally, Hollywood, they're like, the gays are hot. This man, he's hot in a way that he's very sweaty. There's a lot of sweat, <laughs> a lot of sweat on this man's face and brow and in all the bits. All right. And I, Here's the thing, Cody, let me share some wisdom with you for a second here. I uh, am fat and I sweat, but here's the injustice of it, right? My dad, at least at one point in his life, was not fat, right? He used to run a lot. And he's like, oh, he's like, I'm sorry about this, but the jeans have done you dirty. All right. You're going to be a sweaty, a sweaty bee for the rest of your life. Once you start sweating, you ain't going to stop. Doesn't matter how fit or fat you are it's like gallons if you're hydrated oh you're gonna be just soaking through no matter how many layers i have soaked through a coat cody that's how much i can sweat if i'm properly hydrated so i felt i was accurate but as i said even when my dad was like running marathons for a workout would just start sweating just sitting on the couch so you know i don't know if that's you know i'm not gonna blame that on the fat but it was probably because the fat um Here's the thing. They make the best joke ever, right? They make the most fat guy joke ever. She says, I'm going to stab you. And he says, go ahead. What's it going to do? Everything's two feet in anyway, which is the most accurate fat guy line to say, because I've told people like, stab me. I don't care. You're not reaching anything important. Are you kidding? You know, Cody, there's a lot of, there's a lot of cushion. There's what I'm saying, right? You could, if you stabbed a little pocket knife into my stomach, nothing important's getting hit. All right. And that's a lot of fat there. Cody, they show him with diet Pepsi. That's how you know he's a healthy boy, okay? Because everybody knows diet sodas are healthy. And everybody who drinks non-diet sodas, they're 
they're heathens. They're gross. They disgust me. All right. Because they're unhealthy. I, however, drink only diet soda exclusively. No water, no juice, no coffee, no tea, just diet caffeinated beverages. And that means I'm healthy. Okay. Can we agree on one thing here, Cody? Can we agree on one thing? The daughter's the worst. I mean, you would not stay estranged. That's what I would say if I was her dad. It's like, oh, they try to be like, oh, but maybe there's a good thing at the end. Maybe, you know, they have a moment and she just needs someone to love her. She doesn't deserve love from anybody. These kids are the worst. Okay, let's talk about these kids. Let's talk about these Zoomers. All right. These kids today, they don't know what it's like to be morbidly obese. All right. And they're coming in here. They're breaking plates. They're smoking weed. They're crushing up ambient in my turkey sandwich. And I just, you know, I now I don't want to be a part of it. All right. I don't want these Zoomers. I want these kids of this new generation coming in here. All right. Trying to murder me in my sleep. Because guess what, Cody? My neck fat's trying to do that already. He does the thing. Let me tell you about this thing, Cody. Let me tell you about the thing where he's asleep. And then he goes, stops breathing, right? Stop breathing. (laughs) And then he kind of panics, all right? That's a real thing, all right? That's called sleep apnea. That's your body trying to murder you in your sleep. You got to be watching out for that body, right? It's going to try to come up behind you and get you. And you got to be like, "Mm, no, I got you. Oh, I'm a yellow belt from eighth grade. <laughs> and then you get it, right? That's what you got to do. You got to be prepared for an attack at any moment. All right. Because they're going to come for you. Let me tell you, I was in a one It's half serious, half joking, Cody. I just need you to understand one thing. This is the most important realist uh, note I have. This man, the character of Charlie is a very different kind of fat than I am. <laughs> And so as much as I say, I understand being heavy, but not it's not just that he's bigger than I am. It's it's a different kind of bigger. Right. Uh, but here, you know, uh, one, I can get up off the couch, but I, I get it. I get some of this stuff. But, uh, you know, Cody, look me in the eyes. Look me in my eyeballs. Ready? Here's my last point. Here's my point to close it out. Are you ready? Everybody's talking about how great this fat suit is. It looks like fat bastards fat suit. It's the same level of quality as Fat Bastard from Austin Powers, and I will die on this hill. These guys are like, oh, they did so much work. It took us four hours. It took them 45 minutes to get Fat Bastard in and out of that suit. All right, Tyler, I'm going to have to cut you off right there. Great rant, but also shut your face because, uh, you know, pop open your Diet Pepsi and work on that while uh, while I go. All right, look. Did I lose all my notes? Yes. But am I ready to go? Also, yes. I liked this movie a lot, and I need to know how offensive it is. And you didn't touch on any of it, all right? How dare you, sir? Because I'm going to come out here and endorse this movie, and you did nothing to cushion my fall, all right? This is the one that's going to get us canceled. It wasn't the racial slurs. It was the big boy movie. It was the whale, all right? Let me tell you this. Let me start off with this. Number one, I have read Moby Dick. I read Moby Dick electively. I chose to read it, and I read it unabridged like a true hero. What do I recall from Moby Dick? I remember the the beginning being very funny, very witty, and I remember the middle being very boring. And I do not recall how it ended. I had to look it up. I was like, I've read Moby Dick, and this movie 
talks a lot about Moby Dick, and I can't remember what even happens. I had to read a whole synopsis before we got on here, and I don't know that it helped, all right? I got questions, and I need, look, give me a yes or a no, a nod. Did you have, do you know Moby Dick? Are you familiar? Uh, I just dropped the tab into my soda. I'm going to choke on that later. Love it. All right. I thought the movie was good. I thought Brendan Fraser was great. I thought it was an interesting character. You know why this movie did me dirty? It did me dirty because it was one of those movies where it ends and it's like, anyway, this was based on a play. And I was like, of course it was. Why didn't I see it coming? It took place in one room. It's the same thing with Fences. You watch the movie Fences, you're like, ah, it's a pretty good movie. And then you're like, wait, the whole movie takes place in a backyard. That's the movie. They don't go anywhere. That's how you can tell when it's a play movie, all right, is when it's just like, we're just sitting talking. We're sitting talking and we're never changing settings because that's that's a play, all right? What else about this movie? There's only a handful of characters. I thought they were all great. I thought they all did a great job. I think Charlie Brendan Fraser's character is fascinating because, uh, you know, his whole plan is crazy. It's a crazy person's plan, but at the same time, it makes a lot of sense, all right? Like you said, his daughter is a nightmare, but isn't she just delightful? You know, to watch from a distance, so entertaining. It's like one of those people in high school where you're like, this dude is hilarious. And I love to hear him talk when there's a group of people. Would I ever go anywhere with him one-on-one? No, he is a maniac. I'm sure his house is a death trap and I will not go with him there. But you know what? In a group setting, this is fun. And it's the same with the daughter. Is she a nightmare? Yes. But will I watch a movie of just her tormenting people? I probably would. She's hilarious. You got the missionary boy. Ooh, I was a missionary. I was that boy, and I've got feelings about it, all right? You got the lady. She's great. What's her name? Hong Chow is the actress. I don't know the lady's name. The nurse lady, she's nice, all right? I thought the movie was well-written. I really liked, you know, you get more and more details about, like, who's Charlie? Who's the nurse? How do they know each other? And, like, it builds and builds, and you realize, oh, they're related because... He was lovers with her brother, and now her brother's gone. Now they're together. Now he's fat. I get it. I thought the actors gave great performances, and, you know, it was a good one. I felt a lot of connection with Charlie. I thought he did a good job. I thought you felt you felt sorry for him, but also, you know, he is a good dude, and he likes books, and he like, he's one of those teachers that thinks his students might ever come around to care about writing essays. They never will, but he still believes, you know? He believes that people might care about writing their dumb essays, and that's real sweet. He's out here hoarding money, and I don't understand. I'm Look, I'm about to be poor, but this man is poor in a way that he's he put away $40,000, and I'm impressed, all right? I'm impressed by it, and I need his tips. I need his tips on how to do it. Let's talk about, and this is something you're going to have to weigh in on, the binge-eating scenes. Have I binge-eaten some weird stuff? Yes. Have I binge-eaten the volume of weird stuff he's eaten? I have not, and it made me feel icky. It made me feel icky, and in that way, I thought it was very effective. Oh, but it's sad. It's sad. He's eating himself to death. And the nurse is like, you know, you're going to die. And he's like, I know. Right. But he's too sad to not do. Oh, isn't it so sad? It's a sad movie. But uh, I thought it was well done. Darren Aronofsky. You know, what a man. Mm, What a man. Interesting movies he's done. I've seen like two of them. I might have to watch more. All right. That's how I feel about it. Now, Tyler, tell me. 
I'm racist. Tell me I'm wrong. I need punish me. I'm just disappointed in you, really, Cody. I thought we had moved past this as a society, you know, like the blatantness of it, of it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> no, but I mean, like, so here's the real question, Cody. Like, uh, yeah. How much more? How many more jokes do you want before you need? Do you want the scoop on what it's like to be a fat person watching the whale? All right, that's the real question that I need from you. Answers. Um, All right, I'm ready to do whatever you want. This is your episode. You picked this movie. Did I though? Did you pick it? And then I said sure, because you. Here's the thing. This was the funniest movie I think we've ever picked out. Was I said. You know, I think it'd be a good idea for us to do the whale because I am overweight. I do got that morbid on my medical file, you know, so it would be that Morbius, you know, that Morbius obesity. Oh, yeah. It's morbid. That Jared time. Leto vampire doctor obesity. Yeah. That uh, blue so, blood obesity. So, you know, it'd be a good, uh, good uh, opportunity for us to, uh, you know, be able to say whatever we want and get away with it. Right. Um Mm. Also, you said forty thousand. How dare you, sir? You saved up one hundred twenty thousand. All right, because it's a multiple oh. of twelve. It comes up a lot. All right, one hundred twenty thousand dollars. That's oh. how much it was in the account. All right, gotcha. Look, Cody saved up one hundred twenty thousand. Twelve times ten thousand amount of money Thomas stole. Two thousand four hundred thirty-six. Twelve times two hundred three, uh, and then they do the one hundred forty-four thousand. What about this, Cody? In the original, in the in the play, they are the more the Mormons, right? It's the Mormons. Are you right? just, yeah. Okay, look, you're in the trivia, all right. You think you're better than me because you're yeah. in the trivia. I was waiting to get it in the trivia, all right, because I wanted to talk about it and then do the trivia. I think that's why it takes place in Idaho as well, and I think the author is from there. I was talking to someone about the movie. Yeah. whose dad is a big man and he was like i thought it was really good i was like so it isn't racist but now tyler i need you to tell me is this movie racist it okay so i think it it does the same thing i it is funny because watching it i was just like oh i kind of get it right i get it and when people are like they're like look representation you're like yes and no all right you know we're like yes but <laughs> it's not like that like obviously like so for the for the listener for the listener out there all right i'm an overweight person you may not have get picked up on that yet um so i i'm a, i'm up around the 400 right so not this man's supposed to be around 600 pounds so he's, he's like, like he's like reality tv you yeah. know he's like tlc show level <laughs> so I would not watch a reality show about your life. Sorry, Tyler. You're not there yet. It's you got to get in the big leagues, I'm not, all right? Yeah, I'm not fat enough for it to be, like, super depressing. <laughs> like, I don't need want to see you craned out of your bed. That's what I'm paying to see. So the thing that gives me the most anxiety in the movie, right, is him moving around and, like, kind mm. of teetering or, like, when it, something falls. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, is he going to lean over? Because even as a young man, right, with as much weight as I have, one of my biggest fears is falling unexpectedly in a weird way. Right. Because uh, there's so much more weight to fall onto stuff and like easily get hurt. So like, I'm probably not going to get hurt if I fall down, but like, and to be honest, like I think a lot of times oh, fat guys will have this fear. Right. But like my dad falls down, he's like over 70 and he's fallen down and been fine, you know, uh, but uh, you know, like, 
it's, it's like, oh, man, you fall on your wrist wrong, it's your wrist explodes, right? And it's like, oh, okay, cool. It's just mm-hmm. gone. So that was like my biggest fear as they were moving around. That I was like, I wonder if Cody gets as stressed about this because I'm like, if this guy goes down, he's not getting back up by himself. Like, mm-hmm. this is where they're like tearing the roof off this place to crane him out if he just like trips one yeah. day. Yeah. Oh, um, but also, like, I don't think, like, you know, your wife watches the fats as they as she calls them, right? The fat people, as she's texted me in uh-huh. panic and you know late at night about before that she sure. wants to watch the fats. Uh, they don't always have this mm-hmm. much issue moving around, right? Yep, it's just you know it's a range, it's a scale. Yeah, but I will okay. say this too, right? Yes, Just another quick point about like the uh, the mobility and the you know, all that, right. Is you watch those shows. I haven't watched a lot of them in a long time. I watched like some of the original, my 600 pound life. And now there's like 80 yeah. of these, right. I mean, I wouldn't say I watched them, but they made me watch a couple episodes in health class and high school. And I've watched like one or two with Bailey. So, I, you know, I have a flavor for, I've seen like four or five of the episodes probably. Yeah. But like some of the people, right. I guess in the original, in like early in the show, right. There were people who, they found like normal super fat people who were trying to get healthy. Right. And something that's interesting is you see, there's a lot of like super overweight people who are actually fairly healthy. Like I've had a doctor get, I've had several doctors get mad at me because my blood pressure Mm -hmm. is good and my pulse is good. And like all my cholesterol and everything is probably like, I would be willing to bet that my cholesterol is probably better than yours. And the doctor's like, that's not fair. You're fat. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, I'm aware doctor. But it's because I've been told all my life how to eat well, like the healthy eating habits and like exercise habits have been shoved down my throat way harder than they were ever shoved down yours. So yeah. like it's something that even though I'm fat, I do think about and try to eat healthy, you know, whereas yeah. I think people who aren't fat may not know exactly like, you know, I have people all the time talk to me like I don't know dieting. And it's funny because to me, I'm like, how do you not know? how to eat right and exercise correctly and stuff. Yeah. That's just common knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not. It's not always taught. I learned a little bit in high school. I took a nutrition class in college that helped a lot, but like you don't learn that much. Not every school teaches it, you know? Yeah. But Cody, let's get into what you were asking about. You wanted to know you were, you brought up the binge eating. Tell me, tell me about the binge eating. Tell me me about how it went for you. Watching it. Yeah. Watching it? Yeah. I mean, you know, it was, you know, there are moments where I was like, you know what? I get it. You know, he's munching on it, but they play like such the music they play and just the visuals they show. It's just like, uh, this is hard to watch, you know? And here's my thing. Three Musketeers, love them. But watching someone eat like four in a row, like one or two bites each, I was like, oh, that's a lot. And the thing that got me the most of all was the... I think it was like pizza dipped into grape jelly, you know, like half a jar of grape jelly scooped onto a pizza or something like that. Or well, it was, that one was yeah. a lot, you know, that one, I feel like it was weirder than that because it was like he poured Doritos onto bread. And then, yeah, I think there were some Doritos or it was like a sandwich Doritos and grape jelly. It was yeah, a lot. And- but, you know, I've, I like weird food combos. You know this about me. And I think a lot of people do some more than others, but even like, I watch a lot of shows about chefs and stuff and you know, they all have their stuff. They're like, Oh yeah. Like I work at a fine dining restaurant, but when I'm at home, 
I may or may not make the weirdest comfort foods and combine weird things with weird things, you know? So, I mean, I get all that, but when it was like whole sandwich Doritos, half a jar of jelly, you know, it's like, oh man, that is, this is rough. I mean, you know, he's like punishing himself with all these calories. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which I mean, that's like, so that's what I really meant. Right. When I said he's a different kind of fat than I am. Like I'm some like severe who, eating disorder kind. Yeah. Like I've always been overweight. I'm overweight because I've always been overweight and like, I actually don't eat enough. My heat eating habits aren't healthy, but it's not like I don't binge eat. I don't eat 50,000 calories a day. Like you have to, to weigh that much, you know? Yeah. Like I, my problem is like, I won't eat and then I'll eat a normal like day's worth of food, but I didn't eat for the day before. So it's Mm. like smaller versions of that. Right. But I don't think realistically with my current eating habits and even like as unhealthy as my exercise habits are realistically, I would never get to that size. Like that's a, trying to kill yourself with food kind of size, which is something like one thing about it that I did like, right. Is, um, a subtle little thing, right. Was if you notice him eating when he's just eating normal foods, it's, it's gross. It's meant to be, you know, grotesque and like greasy and all that. Um, which that was something that did bother me. I'm like, you know, I'm going to talk about it right now. A lot of fat people are gross. Like my apartment isn't the cleanest apartment, but I hate so much being greasy while I eat. Like Mm -hmm. I wipe my mouth constantly while I'm eating. I will use like a fork and knife when everyone else is tearing stuff apart with their hand. So I just want to, here's a message, a PSA to all these directors. Just because someone's fat doesn't mean they're necessarily a gross human being when they're eating. Yeah. You can consume a lot of calories by eating slow and deliberately, right? It's right. like the way you eat it and kind of what you eat. Right. Cause like I said, I don't actually sure. eat enough calories to weigh what I do, but the way I eat them is how I maintain a, yeah. a huge weight. You know, it's a, it's a training yeah. process. Well, I think, I think that's one problem people have with the movie was just like the way they painted him. But for me, it's like, he is at that point of like, kind of like given up on the idea of mm-hmm. living out the rest of his life. He's kind of like ready just to give in. Um, so that I get, you know, that's one kind of argument. The other thing people are mad about. Well, and the other thing I would say too, is like, you have a lot of sympathy for him and he's like a pretty well fleshed out character, right? He's not just giant, scary fat man. It's like, no, he's, he's a dude and he's got a personality. You learn his whole backstory. He's got friends, you know? Um, <laughs> but the other thing people are upset about was the representation in terms of, well, you just picked a dude and put him in a fat suit to play the character. So why didn't you just hire a morbidly obese actor to do the role? So my question to you is, what are your thoughts on that? Because I have friends that did not watch the movie because of that. They were like, look, it's not right. Right. Just like if someone's a gay character, it's an underrepresented minority. Therefore, they you should hire that kind of person to do the role. Right. Same with people of color people of certain origins, the same idea would apply to an overweight actor. It's like, Hey, hire a real overweight actor to play the role. So what is your thought about that? Here's the thing. So, and I, I'll, I'll say what the, you know, like it's like the most racist people, right. Are you know, like the most racist person you'll ever meet is like 
a Southern black grandma or something. Right. You know, like, sure. Typically like, the, um, you know, no one judges a minority harsher than a member of the minority. Right. I would never in a okay. million years consider fat people a minority that needs representation. That's the thing. So uh-huh. like, one thing I do want to know just for me, Cody, just, it's just the two of us. It's just you and me here. Right. Are these people uh-huh. who are like, I'm not watching this movie because they're underrepresenting fat people. Are they fat? Um, they are overweight. Okay. But not is the I just need to know is the word morbidly obese in their in their uh in their medical file, Cody. I don't think I can, so. I can explain the cutoff to you if I need to, you know. I mean, I haven't been refreshed on it in a while, but I know it's not that high before you hit morbid, right? Right. It's actually it's it's really low. But you get what I mean. Like I think like Sure. But at the same time, you know, like, yeah, you could do the fat people. But at the same time, I do think that um, it's almost like saying, you know, well, if you're going to have a movie to a kind of say to me, it's kind of like saying, well, you're going to have a movie with elves in it. You need to hire a bunch of little people. And but then you have people like Peter Dinklage. It's like, I don't want to play an elf. You know, like I want to play just yeah. a person. Like, I don't want to be cast as the fat guy in your fat guy movie. I would, if I'm an actor sure. that's overweight, I want to be cast as just a dude that happens to be fat. You know? Yeah, it's it's tough because it's like at a certain level, it's like, well, it's not pragmatic to shoot a movie with someone who weighs 800 pounds. Right. Like. Mm-hmm. The whole point of the movie is this is a guy who will not leave his house because of his obesity. So it's like, okay, well, you're not going to get an actor that big to do the role because otherwise it's like, well, how the lengths you'd have to go through to do the shooting. But also it's like, well, you're already going through the trouble of putting him in a fat suit and spending hours in makeup. So is the compromise? Well, we'll get an actor who is severely overweight and then just still put him in fat suit, but at least he's like a, you know, an obese actor. I don't know. That's the, so that's my thing. Um, Cause you know, people yeah. are really rooting for Brendan Fraser to be like, Hey, look, you were out here. We're so happy to have you back. It sucks. Everything that happened to you. We love you. Great. So on one hand, it's a great story in that way, but then you still have the, well, you're misrepresenting or you're, you know, like you're not being very kind to a fat person by showing the binge eating the way you did, you know, show it, but, Right. The way he chose to show it was a very visceral, like you say, kind of a grotesque, like, look how grossy, you know, he's a sweaty, greasy boy, you know, like, and is that fair? Isn't it fair? But also, you know what I'm saying? That's, I don't know. Yeah. That's why you're Which, here. You're here to say, is it okay or not? <laughs> right? But it's not, it's also not fair to ask someone to be like, hey, uh, your opinion counts for everyone who's obese, right? No, no. I would speak for all the fats. All right. <laughs> But as I, you know, I like take I said, it, you were in the, you were in the fats discord and they gave you approval yeah. and you took a poll. But I mean, I think most overweight people, right. Would agree. Like I feel it's, it is funny. Right. Cause I have, I see, I've seen it a lot, right. Where it is people saying like, Oh, well you gotta, it's almost like certain fat people. And I doubt really, it's like most minorities where it's probably not a fat person raising a stink about it in most cases talking about um needing representation or all this stuff and it's like being overweight to the level i am is a it's more of a choice than being you know 
a different race is for sure. Right. You know, mm. like, I'm like, yeah, look, I mean, no matter it's a little how easier you, to no change your, your weight stance, than it is to change your ethnicity, no matter what your stance is on, um, whether or not your sexual orientation is a choice, right? Throw it out the window. Okay. I think we can all agree that it's easier to change your weight than your sexual orientation. Okay. No matter where mm-hmm. you land on that, on that, on that thing. Right. Yeah. Where I'm like, yeah, I don't think I need extra protections. Right. Because if I wanted to lose weight, if I really would like, I want to lose weight, which I do, which I will say that like, it is something where I like how there, I, I like, and I don't like at the same time, how there wasn't that moment where he's like, I'm going to get in shape and I'm just going to do it. I've decided because when you're in that kind of situation, like, like I am, and I have been since I was like, I've been morbidly obese since I was seven years old. Right. I have no mm-hmm. idea what it feels like. I cannot remember what it feels like to not be fat. So people, mm-hmm. you know, like doctors or friends or family will be like, don't you want to feel thin again? I was like, I've never felt thin. I've always been overweight. Sure. So I have yeah. no idea what it feels like to be able to like just roll over in bed or get up off the couch easily. Cause I've always had this extra weight on me. So to say like, well, I choose to be fat. It's like, well, I do and I don't. Right. And that's kind of what I liked about him is like for him being fat's different. Like I would never say I'm fat cause I'm punishing myself, but that's what he was doing. But that's one thing yeah. I liked about when he was eating, not in the binge eating is a subtle undertone that I think they actually did a good job with was his relationship with food in that he looked miserable all the time, except for like mm-hmm. a split second moment when he's eating where he'll have like the slight traces of a smile. Like you could tell like the reason right. he's this way. That fat, little dopamine hit. Mm-hmm, is this is mm-hmm. the only thing that's made him happy. It's the only thing that makes him forget for five minutes. That, that, that comfort. You know, that he tore, that he like ruined his family's life. He, his, the person that he left his family for the love of his life, the person who made everything feel right. Finally, for once in his, in his world killed themselves, you know, Mm -hmm. also had like a severe eating disorder, you know, and like just the other direction, which is, Mm -hmm. I'll say, you know, like it's way more unhealthy. I had in college, I had a roommate who was severely underweight, whose name was also Tyler. And we were Mm -hmm. sitting there and everyone was talking. And for some reason we got on the, the subject of weight and it was funny because yeah. it was the small Tyler who brought it up where he's like I'm way more unhealthy than Tyler is than me than fat Tyler mm-hmm. is way more unhealthy to be underweight so that'll kill you way faster than being fat Um, mm-hmm. so you know just that but then again into that subtle kind of storytelling one thing I did like was then every time it happens he has that small moment, but except for like with the fried chicken, you know, then he like chokes on it or something happens to make him sad. Like you can tell this is the end of this relationship. This is a relationship mm. that he's having. He food is what filled the void and it's coming to the end of that relationship. Like it's killing him and mm. he can't do it anymore. Yeah. So I liked that. I felt like that was accurate. Um, the eating to the point you puke. I've known people who do that. Um, and I mm-hmm. think honestly, the line between being incredibly overweight and being incredibly underweight is just kind of at what level do you throw up? Do you make yourself throw up Mm. and how fast is your metabolism? If it's a, if Mm -hmm. you got a fast metabolism, then you're bulimic and you super underweight. If you have a slower metabolism, then you, or like 
yeah, if you and you or you don't throw up as easily, then you keep it and you gain a lot of weight. Yeah, that's really the line. But it's the same kind of eating disorder, you know, where, yeah. you're, you know, like I almost think there's the fat representation, which I feel like they did. a You know, I don't think they did really a better job than any other movie has done with a fat person. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, a lot of it's around like an eating disorder, which is something that as much as people don't believe me, I don't really struggle with. You know, I've sure. never, you know, like I've gone to Golden Corral and left thinking I I wish I was dead, but I've never at any point in my life thought, well, I could just go throw up anymore, except for one time at, at, at a pizza buffet where I went in the bathroom, threw up and came out and said, all right, let's go for round two, you know, <laughs> but that's when I was like 16 and, you know, that's just that was getting your bang for your thing. buck. That's all that yeah, exactly. is. Exactly. We're talking a that's called a good pizza deal. buffet. <laughs> <laughs> but I would chalk that more up to that's teenagers, taken, you know. That's taking Pizza Street to the house. That's where it <laughs> that's was. calling it was their Pizza bluff. <laughs> I knew it was. You said four and I know. I was like, I've seen the billboard. <laughs> I'm oh, here. So good. Oh man. But yeah, no, I hear you. <laughs> um yeah, no, I get it. I I mean, I there's a lot of things that the movie did well. Um at the I mean there's so many interesting ideas and characters in the movie too, aside from just the obesity. That's what I think is so interesting. And you touched on a lot of it and because it's such a complex web of characters of you have Charlie, you have his nurse friend who is basically family, right? Through mm-hmm. her brother. And you have his estranged family, his daughter and his ex-wife. And you've also got this missionary who thinks he's got this higher purpose and like a reason for being there. And he's like, he's going to save Charlie's life, you know, or save his soul rather. And he's like, I'm not going to save your life. I'm going to save your soul. And you're like, oh, well, that's, I mean, that's not very nice. Right. But also as someone born and bred in that religion, it's like, well, I get it. Right. Like the eternal perspective is more important at the end of the day than just your mortal one. Whereas Charlie's like, I'm not worried about any of that stuff. Like this was my life. And I had, you know, I had this happiness for a while and I lost it. And, you know, that's hard. It's really hard to deal with when you decide to break up your family and then your new family doesn't work out either because of a suicide, you know, just like, oh, wow, that is a terrible place to be. But I I just thought it was so interesting to see all that tie together. And, you know, you see Charlie, he takes care of, you know, he feeds the birds outside the window and the pizza delivery guy, like, you know, is like, hey, you doing all right, man? You know, and like you... And it's from the trailer, right? He's like, people are amazing. He sees this. He still has this optimism in certain people, right? Like he sees his nurse friend. He sees the kindness of delivery man. And he sees something in his daughter that no no one else does because everyone else is like, you know, she's a raging sociopath. She's a pure psychopath. And we're afraid of what her future holds for her, right? But he's like, he sees that essay she wrote that he thought was so awesome. And, you know, was like, I'll help you with your school. And, you know. Let's get your degree. Education is so important. You're brilliant, you know, and it is interesting to me when there's someone who is a problem person, but someone sees the good in them instead. And it's like, hey, you've got all this talent, you know, you've you're brilliant. You're just getting into trouble instead of using it for a good purpose, you know, and I for what it's worth, I do think that that does a lot more for someone versus just being like, hey, I'm giving up on you because you've proven time and time again that you're a troublemaker to be like. Hey, I see how smart you are. I see these good things you're doing, you know? So I don't know. I I just liked all of that. I thought it was really well-written in that way. (laughs) And I just want to know more about how it ties into Moby Dick. 
that's what really has been eating at me as well is like I read this book and I did do a little research and it talks right I didn't realize how like because I just read Moby Dick I didn't read an essay about it I didn't read synopses about it I, I chugged through it I made it through and that was it but you know people talk about Moby Dick and it's like hey it's kind of like a bible thing too because the main character is Ishmael just like there's Abraham Isaac and Ishmael the other you know, son of Abraham. And um, there's a character named Rachel, just like Isaac's wife in the Bible. You know, there's a lot of like parallels in that way. And just like there's a giant fish in the Bible, there is a giant whale in Moby Dick and a lot of themes and things. But my question is, who is what? I don't get it. <laughs> I wish I was smarter. I know we've got a movie podcast, but I don't know that I ever fully understood it, except that maybe at the end of Moby Dick, is futile, right? Like the whale wins. Um, and in that way, Charlie's relationship and where he's headed is futile, right? The thing he was trying to slay. I don't know. He was like, I'm going down fighting and I'm saved this money for my daughter. I'm giving it to her. And I don't know. I don't know how it all ties in, but I do think it was a good movie. And I felt a lot of feelings and I thought it was an interesting ending to the movie. Do you want to talk about the end of the movie? Yeah, because there's kind of a moment where his daughter, she kind of has that like, well, maybe I do want to have a relationship with him. And he wants her. He's starting to die. And whenever he's in trouble, he's like, I just want to hear my daughter's essay again. Right. And that's like how the movie starts is the missionary guy reads him his essay, calms him down. And he does it a couple of times in the movie. And at the end, he has his daughter read her essay. And he stands up and he walks and he goes to go out the door and you see his feet like lift up and then it pans up and fades to white. Like that's the end of the movie. And I have so many questions about what it all means. I mean, I'm guessing he died, right? He's just dead. Probably. Was it an existential moment where he's like, hey, it's full circle. My daughter's reading this essay and that, you know, means a lot to me. What do you, I don't know. What did you get from it? Well, here's the thing. The way I see it and the way that I want to believe that, um, it, you know, it ends as it all happened and then he dies and just falls over backwards, cracks his head open. There's tons of blood. They got to cut open the doorway to get him out of there, you know, but he was dead yeah. before he hit the ground. You know what I mean? It's fine. All right. Hypertension sure. yeah. is literally your organs shutting down from high blood pressure. So, you know, he's dead. Right. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, the, you know, but the thing that I thought of when I was like, this is a bummer. And I bet you if I asked any film student or depending on how douchey the writer is, probably what he would say, you know, because these Hollywood douchebags are all the same way where, you know, when you go into that kind of final stage right there, right? You get that euphoric like surge as your brain like desperately tries to not die, you know, and mm-hmm. you start to like hallucinate and you go a little crazy and then you die. And I'm like, none of it's, so the writer would be like, oh, yeah, none of that happened. He just died in a puddle of his own pee or something. It was a fat mm. loser on the couch with no friends because he's fat. And I'm like, yeah, that yeah. Would, you know, that's what I'm like. That's definitely what it, it means. Right. And it means nothing. It means don't be fat or God hates you. That's what I interpreted. Right. Mm. Cody, can I tell you, I'll be honest with you, but I don't to harp on the fat thing, but I have been told to my face that God doesn't love me because I'm fat. Oh, like the way with the same aggressiveness that people will say that for any other reason. Right. That people that I have had some people treat me the same way that they treat like, like a gay person in a Southern Baptist church. Yeah. 
You know? My favorite thing is Christians spewing hate at people. We're like, you know, God doesn't care about you. I'm like, did you read any of the Bible? Like, I don't understand. Like, why, why do you think Jesus loves you and not this other person you're trying to, you know, it's awesome. It's really my favorite thing. Yeah. That was something, again, you know, it struck home, right? For some of the fat stuff, right? But him keeping his camera off. I keep my camera off on a lot of business stuff. Sure. Because I don't want it to mess with, uh, I don't want it to color someone's, uh, what's the word? Opinion of me uh, in a yeah. professional sense, which I've never had someone at react negatively to how uh, big I mm-hmm. am. But there is the perception. I feel like anybody who's overweight has the perception that people will judge you. And it's like, it just takes that one stupid pizza delivery guy, you know, once or twice in your life to give you that lifelong fear sure. of someone judging you before yeah. being overweight. And I think it's also cause like I said, just cause like if members of any minority are usually like the worst critics of that minority. Right. It's because like as an overweight person, you judge over what weight people harsher mm. than sure. I think most other people do. Like, yeah, it's that, that personal insecurity that you have and that can really change your perspective and your standards. <laughs> Yeah, and when you go to a church with a diet plan in the scriptures and you have people be like, obviously you don't follow it, so uh, yeah, sinner. And I'm like, cool. I mean, oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the word of wisdom is great. It's great, too, because every church function is based around having some sort of like a sugary, sweet refreshment after the fact. And you're like, None of us are healthy, right? Like we, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. The double standard there. Anyway, I did want to mention. Um, it is worth mentioning. So the playwright who wrote the original play oh. is from Moscow, Idaho, small town in Idaho. I believe he grew up a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Of course. And um, I'm assuming he's gay. It also mentions that right. He's uh, loosely based on the writer. Oh yeah, who was openly gay. Um. And battled a binge eating disorder. So there you go. You know, to the people who say it was bad movie, it was also semi-autobiographical. So, you know. He's a bad person, an, right? An autobiopic, if you will. Let me look at this. I'm looking up this guy. This guy is not fat, all right? That's what I'm telling you, okay? But he got that binge eating disorder. You called it. You called it. Some people get it and balloon. Some people get it and shrivel. Yeah, well, it's a lot of people, because that's the thing with the binge eating, right? Like, there's nothing like I, you know, there's pros and cons to being fat like me. Like, I can't go to therapy, figure out, you know, you know that Father Jenkins touched me when I was seven, and then be thin. But you know, not to oversimplify <laughs> a massive, you know, mental health thing, but. Mm-hmm. You know, to some extent, like if you can get to the thing of what's causing that, that like eating disorder and fix it, you know, essentially, if like somehow you can get over that thing, it's like any other, you know, kind of mental health thing where, you know, then you have to lose the weight. But it's you'd be surprised at uh, how much your body doesn't want to be that fat. Yeah, there's a lot of psychology behind why why uh, you're going that way. And I mean, I. I lost some weight last year, not a ton. I'm still like a reasonably small boy, you know, but I have such a small frame that like I started to notice, I was like, oh yeah, this is the weight starting to pack on. But I mean, you know, learned a lot about myself and just like my relationship to food. And it's like the kind of things that you eat, why I eat it. And 
you know, you start to realize like, oh, right, I've got this habit of, oh, you're feeling down, you eat this, or, you know, this just sounds good, you eat it, but you can listen to your body better and be like, oh, right, I eat better things, I actually feel better, you know, and it's not even really about the weight, it's about like, oh, right, I'm eating better, being smarter about it, fueling my body better, better feelings, you know, like that, it goes a long way, you know, regardless of like the weight piece of it. Um, Yeah. Which it's interesting, right? You know, about the psychology, right? There's something interesting, right? To gaining weight when you're stressed, right? Because a lot of people attribute it to you binge eat when you're stressed and that's why you gain weight because you eat more Mm -hmm. to comfort yourself, but it's more than that, right? So in, when something Mm -hmm. like what happened to Charlie, right? Happens where you have this like big, moment of upheaval in your life right and it creates a big stress it um you know it kind of goes back to your our brains right they're they're caveman brains right they don't know mm-hmm. they don't know that your gay boyfriend died that's your brain doesn't mm-hmm. know what's going on so but one thing that you're you're you know what what's the what's the word i'm thinking of right you know you kind of autopilot body functions understands really well is like feast and famine that's kind of how it views everything so a stress is a famine and good times are the feast. So when uh, when you get these huge stresses, sometimes your body will try to pack on weight because it interprets it as, oh, the food's disappearing. There's a famine. So it's trying, mm. it does everything it can yeah. to the point where it consumes muscle in order to continue to store fat. So it causes you to gain weight real fast. And then once you start to get overweight and you kind of cross a threshold where you're like, whatever, I'm fat. And you just kind of give mm-hmm. into the fat guy eating habits. It's it just builds on itself. Like I've slowly gained weight, you know, like I can remember when I was 300 pounds and now if I weigh 300 pounds, I'm like, Oh, how great would that feel? But like the journey Mm. from 300 to 400, like I never felt like I gained weight. Sure. At any point, but I just was there, you know, like I would have been, I would have tell people like, Oh yeah, I'm 350. And then one day I got on the scale and it was 420 and I was just like, Oh, you know, yeah. So I can see like, you know, there's that line he says where they're like, oh, what happened? He's like, you know, I've always had a weight problem and uh, just kind of let it get away from me, you know? And that's how a lot yeah. of guys get into this situation. They just, they stop trying to lose the weight. They just give in to those, you know, the, uh-huh. the slow, you know, you didn't get to 600 pounds by binge eating and like um, doing that. You get there by, you know, and they think they did a good job of it. You get there by having this mental state where you do this binge eating and then you binge exercise and healthy eat. So you gain a ton mm-hmm. of weight, then you lose a ton of weight and then something snaps and no, there's no one to pull you back into that, like healthy habits side. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of stay in the, that side and you just slowly go up and up and up. Yeah. And I will say, you know, like I said, anybody who's like about the fat thing, you know, about like, Oh, this, you know, it's not how fat people are. But it is like this is a man who's trying to kill himself with food at the mm-hmm. end of that cycle. Right. Like he is he's obviously, you know, because there was a point in the movie. Right. Where it's like, oh, this is the point in most movies where he's going to throw away the pizza. Like he's going to throw it in the garbage can and he's going to have yeah. some water and a salad and then cuts <laughs> binge eating session. I was like, he this is like the writer shoving it down our throats. This guy, he's trying to die so that his daughter gets yeah. this money. Yeah, like he just wants it to end, and this is a suicide attempt, which does you know is sad, but it happens. Um, and if you know anybody out there, Cody, if our listener out there is struggling with that, you know, 
I don't know, talk to somebody, uh, eat a salad, go, don't watch this movie. That's probably a bad idea. It's yep. probably just bum you out. Sure. Oh, yeah. It's a bit of a bummer. And I will say just to one last thing about the representation piece. I do see some trivia here that mentions that uh, Brendan Fraser, oh, where'd he go? He like, wore prosthetics that weighed 300 pounds. He oh, consulted yeah. with the Obesity Action Coalition and worked with the dance instructor for months for filming to determine, you know, how you might move with that excess weight. So, I mean, to his credit, and I think this is all I would ask of someone who takes on a role, even if maybe they don't fall into that demographic, is, hey, do your research, give an authentic performance, and, like, try to do it justice. And I feel like Brendan Fraser really did that. He put in a lot of effort, and I, I thought he did give a fantastic performance um, and the best of his career. And he's been in some great movies and done some really good work, but I thought it was really, um, really an awesome role and a lot of good work from him and really everyone in the movies. Hitty Singh did a great job playing a pure psychopath. And um, the nurse lady, Hong Chow, she's great. She was also in the menu. She's been in a couple other things, but um, really good cast, really well done. I thought. Yeah. Like I, I liked the the characters cause they all, they, I feel like they were good at not making, they didn't fall into any kind of classical, like, oh, well, he's the main character. You like him. You don't like these people. It's like, now these are all real people. Like, you know, it's a, you know, it's a dick move to like ditch your family. But at the same time, even, you know, like we've said a hundred times, I feel like on our podcast, like the church that we go to and we come from and everything, you know, traditionally a lot of the gays, right. Are like, no, that's, you know, we hate them. And I'm like, but at the same time, like if somebody's like, I'm unhappy in my marriage, I'm miserable uh-huh. every day I wake up and I hate my life and I just want to go be with my boyfriend, Terry. Yeah. You know, I'd be like, you know, at the end of the day, like everyone's probably gonna be happier if you go be with Terry. Yeah. I mean, you right. Know? It's like, Hey, either you have to make the really tough decisions. Like, Hey, I'm going to recommit to this current relationship and I'm going to do the work to make this relationship right or you start something new you know or you break it off and start something new i mean obviously there's a better way to do it than just like bail on your family you know yeah um but you know i there's there's some truth to that where it's like hey if you're not going to do the work to make the relationship positive and healthy then why would you just stay in a bad relationship and just leave yourself in there you know yeah it's like like, uh it's like the bible says would you know i would that you were hot or cold if you're lukewarm i'll spew you out of my mouth it's like hey whatever you do pick a direction you know do something commit to it and you know you'll be better off that way yeah because i but I, I just i liked that you know there's the daughter who she has these moments where like i think you say it's I think what she's supposed to be right is like a sociopath or something, right? Because like you think a sociopath has a hard time with emotions, they either can't feel them or they have a hard time interpreting them, hard time expressing mm-hmm. them in the normal way, right? A psychopath's like, oh, the, yeah, it's like the best the best depiction of a real like clinically diagnosable pure psychopath is uh, Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men, where it's mm-hmm. just like yeah. a force who just has. It's not like oh I. You know, I don't understand emotions, but I wish I did, but I don't really get it. You know, this and that. It's somebody that is a force of nature. They just don't acknowledge that you're another person. You're, you're a thing yeah. in a way. Right. But like her being, cause she, it is obvious like it 
I feel like they put her at that precipice where it is like she's leaning towards the crazy serial killer. But you could see mm-hmm. him kind of pulling her back that she doesn't necessarily want to be a serial killer. It's just like because she has a hard time with the emotions. And like, you know, when uh, she does all the like sends all the information to the what's his face's family and everything, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, you know, Charlie's like, oh, she was trying to help. And it's like, you know, that, you know, it may be like that's just how she dealt with it. She's like, this is how I'm going to you know what I'll teach you, you know, whatever, like, Oh, she is hurting him. But also maybe she is like in her own weird sociopath way, (laughs) trying to help everybody. And, you know, like, and I don't think she was trying to help, but also like she did. And it's kind of funny that like the religious, the missionary guy is like, she did it. God's hand is, you know, and it's like, it's amazing to see how everyone interprets that action differently and like what results in it, you know? Yeah. I have had people insult me in an attempt to help with my mm. weight, right? Though, like, yeah, really berate me because they're like, this is going to wake him up. And I'm just like, it's, you're just being mean. You know, it's not going to, that's right. not going to work. But in their minds, it's like the only thing they can think of to do. And it's like, you don't need to do anything. Just don't do anything, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I mean, this is for you and the fan out there, right? Uh, I'm aware I'm fat. Really, there's not much you can say. <laughs> I'm going to be like, right. oh, I'm not going to go to bed crying. Kind of like him. Like, he knew he was fat. He was just kind of like, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I'm a burden. You know? Oh, all his apologies breaks your heart, you know? He's just mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry. You're like, okay, well, stop apologizing. But it's like, also, he can't help it, you know? Yeah. Just out here apologizing for being around, you know? Breaks your heart. See Brendan yeah. hurting so bad. But they're all, they're all terrible people, but they're all just normal people, right? Because, like, everybody's kind of terrible in their own way. They're all terrible. What about, what's her, Hong Chao? She's not terrible. I mean, she's not terrible. Our nurse friend? She's like, bitter against the church because of everything she lost because of it, but also, like, look at everything she does for Charlie, you know? But, like, here's the thing, right? She's good. She's there. She's helping out Charlie. But she's also, like, enabling him to continue when she could be trying to push him. But also, it's like... At the same time, like I said, I've been overweight most of my life. So, like, if you were every time we talked, like, hey, man, did you go to the gym today? We would probably stop talking eventually because I would just be like, I don't yeah. care. I don't want to hear it. You know, like, I yell at myself enough to go to the gym. I don't need you yelling at me to do it. You know what I'm saying? You know, so it's like. Yeah, absolutely. At some point, well, you just yeah, accept. It, it has to come from within. It has yeah. to come from inside at some point that you're like, you know what? I've got the inertia to start on this process you know and yeah that's Which, uh yeah like i said you know but i mean she is that. also she's kind of mean to the missionary guy but also the missionary guy is not taking any hints and i've seen those missionaries that are just like hey man if they don't want to listen to you then don't you know you can't yeah. do anything about that you're you're here to talk to the people that want to talk to you not to the people that don't want to talk to you you know and it's the same thing you see in the scriptures too it's like jesus didn't really not, he did engage with people that didn't want to hear him when he had to, but mostly he interacted with the people that wanted to talk to him, the disciples and the people that came to his sermons and the people that came and asked him for help. You know, like those are the people that he spent his time with, you know? Yeah. I have a PSA, Cody. Just a little side yeah. PSA. For, Hit me. for all the people in all the religions, but, you know, we can specifically say, you know, ours, if you want, right? And the missionaries, yeah. if you want. Sure. But I'm talking everyone top to bottom. 
This is the secret. A to B? To make it, yeah, A to B, alpha to omega, right? Who getting religious on you there. Mm-hmm. This is the way to be a not insufferable uh, member of any church and to get, to be the guy that like, you know, those people that you are going to try so hard to convert are going to look at you and be like, I'm so glad that you're in my life. You know what I mean? Every yeah. single rule of your religion, every every commandment, every code of conduct, every commitment, covenant, promise you make, it only applies to you and not a single other person on the planet. You live your life mm-hmm. with that, you'll be everyone will love you. It's like, oh, yeah. we can't drink coffee. But if you were like, I drink coffee, I don't drink, I can't drink coffee. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I can't drink alcohol. You do whatever you want. Yeah. You know? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if you just, you know, if you live your life with that, then everything's gravy. Everyone's happy. Like, well, I'm, I'm not going, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna leave my wife for a man, but you do whatever you want to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's your decision. Uh-huh. I made the decision to not do that, but also I never feel like I had to make that decision. Right. And, yeah. Uh, I don't envy anyone who does. So. I'm not going to Absolutely. say whether or not you should yeah. or shouldn't do anything. I'm just going to say that's your choice and I'll be here yeah. and uh, go, we go hang out and play paintball later or whatever, you know, I don't know what guys <laughs> do, you know, I don't have any friends, Cody. I'm a fat recluse. Tyler, okay? you would be a force in paintball. Let me tell you. Oh, let me tell you something right now, Cody, when you get struck in the belly fat, let's talk about the real stuff with the fat. Tell me. Okay. When you get yeah, a bruise, on, when you're this fat and you get hit point blank range in the stomach with a paintball, your entire stomach turns purple for months. And it's because it just takes Whoa. so long because the blood flow is not very good uh, to the fat cells. So the the wow. bruise just takes so long to heal and it just doesn't go away. And that's the reality of nice. it. But paintball is so fun. All right. And the fat does not work like body armor. It still hurts to get hit with a paintball. Uh, that's what I was hoping. Darn. Here's, let's, here's the second real thing is that the fat is squishy. <laughs> so that you know how it hurts worse when a paintball doesn't break? They oh, don't no. break. <laughs> oh, no. It's so a BB I gun instead shot. of a paintball gun. <laughs> Did was get shot like five times to the point where I just had to raise my hand and say, I'm out. And I just walked away. And like the judge was like, you're not hit. I was like, trust me, dog. It's under this shirt. I got a lot of marks. <laughs> like, uh, it's so bad. I need to go sit down. They're oh, just now popping on all the f- squishy back fat. Right. But uh, I think like all these people are dealing with their own. So back to the movie. Right. All the people, they're dealing with their own mental stuff, right? His just happens to be an eating disorder, right? But they've all got, like, right. the nurse friend, like, you could argue, well, she's enabling him. But I think the the mental thing, right, is she is, she failed to, she spent years, even before that her brother met uh, Charlie, trying to save her yeah. brother, trying to help him get over his battle, through, you know, help him through his battles. And he lost, and she feels like she lost. Right. So she's going to help her penance and her like way of dealing with it is helping her, her brother's partner. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like even her, like you could argue, even though she is definitely like the one good person that there's really nothing bad to say about, but you could say, well, she's only helping because she feels like it's her fault that her brother died. Mm. You know, the pizza guy is the only normal person here. He's a yuck. Right. Like, 
I'm not, look, is it cool what he did? No. But also, is it kind of him to check in on the dude, you know, and be like, hey, let me let me introduce myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, you, you know, give Giovanni some credit. It was Dan the Pizza Man. Okay, that's his name. Dan, Dan the Pizza Man. Yeah. But, you know, like, it's Dan, her, Dan the Pizza his Man. His ex-wife's an alcoholic. His daughter's a sociopath. He's got eating disorder. Uh, you know, his ex- him and his ex-wife scenes were so interesting because they had that moment of like the the exchange where they kind of became friends again for a little bit and they reminisced a little bit. I was like, oh man, so sad, so complicated, you know? But then it got back to screaming at each other. You know, it was just like, oh man. I do have a question. Oh. Have you ever known someone who's in that kind of situation where they are like left their wife for a man or something, you know, or like knew a couple that were like that or met a couple? Nothing I guess comes. Nothing comes to mind. I did meet someone who is gay, is still in the church, is chose to stay with their family. Fascinating. He gave like a little whatever. Yeah, those uh, people are know, interesting. Like a breakout session. I was like, you are fascinating, sir. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I don't know if I know anyone off the bat. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Actually, no, I do. Oh, I do. What am I thinking? Okay. I have had two of my very best friends <laughs> from different studios of my life both left the church and are both gay now. And I just remembered that one of them, one of my best friends from when I was in middle school, did choose to leave his family. Still on good terms with his wife, but, you know, it's complicated because they have a daughter. But one of my best friends from college also left the church went and now um, is married to a man and is, yeah, anyway, in a better place. But, yeah, so I do, but... At the same time, I don't keep in touch with my middle school best friend. We were roommates at the start of college and then kind of not after that. And then my other friend, I haven't messaged in a long time, but we messaged a little bit, but it's like, I don't know. It's just hard when someone's so away from the church and anti-church that when you're still in the church, it feels just like uh, it's hard. You know, there's like this tension, even though I would never, you know, I got no qualms with anyone. He's still a dear person in my heart. But, you know, I don't yeah. know. There's just we're also just he lives in Europe now. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. You're friends with people you do things with. We're friends because we podcast together, you know. Yeah. And uh, when you're not doing stuff with people, then it's hard to have that connection still. Anyway. So, yeah, I know people, but no one that I'm like currently very close with since they've made those changes to their life. That makes sense. Yeah. I've just been shocked in my experience, which is like only a couple people in this kind of situation. Right. It's not like a you know, study group or, you know, like a large mm-hmm. enough group for a, a good statistic here. But it is interesting how, depending on how it's handled, right. That there is like, it's not like, Oh, I, I left you cause I hate, we hated each other or I left you because I wanted to be with another woman. It's like, no, no, I left you because I, you know, like we split up because I'm unhappy and I'm making you unhappy. And I sure because I'm gay, you know, like that's the thing. Yeah. I feel like it always brings a weird level of like we were friends, you know, like we were like best mm-hmm. friends. That's why we got married. That's why I picked you to be like because you were someone I could love and then uh, decided I I didn't want to do that anymore. And it like yeah. there's always a weird civility and like oh, you guys were like, this is your gay best friend. That yeah, you were married yeah. to for a while. 
or that you had like, a child with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's very, so it's, yeah. it's either like, oh, we're best friends still. Like we actually still get along really well. Or it's like, no, no, I hate him. He's a disgusting traitor. But it, it's like, so funny because from both. From, yeah. From both perspectives, it's such a weird thing. Or like, okay, you were close friends. You were lovers. You had a sort of family together. But also you've got this wedge, this difference between you. And so like from the guy's perspective, it would be really hard to make that choice and break up your family and, you know, pursue that part of yourself. But also from the woman's perspective, it's like, well, she odds are she didn't know about the same sex attraction you know, that her partner had. And she staked her life on this marriage, you know, so it's just like, well, that'd be hard too, right? Like if Bailey left me and was like, sorry. I'm a lesbian. I just came to terms with it. You know, I know. Right. Cause a lot of people too, like you grow up in a church or even in a culture that's like, Hey, very anti-gay. I get it. You, it's easy to repress that thing about yourself. People learn things about themselves later in life. People change, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I was five years into a marriage and I realized that about myself, it's like, okay, well, okay. Anyway, Bailey is a lesbian. Now she leaves me. It's like, man, I dedicated a lot of my life to this relationship. You know, how would I feel? It's like, I thought we were, you know, at one point we we're on the same page. We started a marriage together, you know? So it's like, I don't know, a lot of feelings there. A lot, very complicated. Yeah. Which I think, I don't know. Like I said, it's such a small group that I've got, but I feel like it all, you know, the, just like any, obviously it's not a mental health thing. Uh, it is in one way, but it's not sure. like you have a mental disorder if you're leaving your family because right. you're not attracted to your wife um right but uh it's if you talk to them and there's like the communication there that tends to get tends to get rid of a lot of the ill feelings if you're just open and honest about it just uh but you know it's kind of like it's like all these people they're all in this situation where so many feelings and everything were repressed they're put aside they're put down they're covered up by these coping mechanisms and that's kind of the main thing right with each of these characters you know yeah is none of them are just sitting there talking and the second they just sit there and talk about it for like five minutes you know like Mm -hmm. instantly everything seems a little better you know versus this like avoiding each other you know dealing with it like she drinks alcohol he eats food you know and it's like Mm -hmm. you know um dan the pizza man delivers (laughs) pizza you know yeah What's his name? Thomas. You know, okay. Why, how are you going to go up to this place and just pick this one place to just, you know, keep going back? You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just, you went up to like a six plex or whatever this is and just, uh, like, yeah. I'm going to the top left. <laughs> Everybody knows yep. top right is the best one. That's where the crazy Everyone knows he lives. was just following the pizza smell. All right. Maybe it was subconscious, but there is pizza smell coming from there and that's where you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I, I don't, we're, we're around time, you know, and oh, yeah. I want to give you a chance. Anything else you want to share about the movie? I mean, did, w- before we grade it, anything you want to share about it? Anything you think we might've missed? Yeah. I think just a, you know, and kind of, like I said, like conclusion, like we've been saying, I think it's good. I think some people do forget Brent Frazier to be fair was overweight when he got the role. So he was mm-hmm. an overweight actor cast as this role. So check him yeah. out, sir. He's just lost weight because now he's hot again, you know? So he's got to get yeah, that right. hot George of the Jungle bod back. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of people get hung up on this. And I, I get I kind of get what people some people said where they've told me, like, I like that it's a movie about a fat guy that's not about it being fat, which is very easy to be like, it's about him being fat, which it is. But mm-hmm. also it's if you look past that, it's about this, you know, all these normal people dealing with very common issues in very common ways. It just yeah. happens to be that the it's set in his apartment, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's a fat guy. Yeah. He's not going to anybody else's apartment. Did you see mm-hmm. those stairs? I, I'm like, I don't want to live on that floor. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I wouldn't carry a couch up and down those stairs. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those where you're like, that's not, that's not happening for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I will say, I think it was, and it's true of most movies that were plays. It was very well written. You know, I think it's a great story, great characters. I really enjoy it. I thought it was shot very well. I like Darren, Darren Aronofsky. I've seen just like two or three of his movies, but I want to see a couple more because he's, you know, they're not like my absolute favorite movies, but they are very good. And I think this is my favorite of the ones I've seen. It's pretty high up on my movie list for that, for the year. Um, it's, it's right on up there. So Tyler, like I said, I mean, well-written. I thought it was an interesting story, but also, you know, a lot of really strong emotions in the movie from just the conflicts is there, but also, you know, Brendan Fraser giving a great performance along with the other actors really well done. So I'll ask you this. What is your grade for the whale? This is where this is what separates men from the boys. You know, I am going to go yeah. with a, a B I think, because I think it's a good movie. I think there's some places it could, you know, like there's some stuff I didn't quite like about it just as a movie. Um, yeah. I don't think any of the negatives are like representation and stuff, you know? Yeah. I still think it's funny. People, I should have hired a, you saying somebody should have hired a, a fat person. And I'm sitting here thinking like, but nobody's saying they should have hired a gay actor. Right. James Corbin was originally going to do this. Yeah. I imagine that I'm nightmare. I'm glad it was Brendan Fraser. Fraser yeah. not James Corden. Oh, Oh man. I mean, James Corden, I don't mind a James Corden, uh, but as a dramatic actor, I'm not, I'm not ready for it. I'm not sold, you know? Mm. Anyway, you were saying. No, it was just, uh, he was going to be James Corden. I, that's what I was like. But yeah. You know? Okay. I'm going to drop mine on you. My grade. And look, face. like I said, I had a lot of strong emotional, feelings from this movie and i thought it was very well written very well acted um i don't recall it's been too long Hmm. i might have might not have but you know even like just the feelings of feeling so gross from the binging but also feeling so much sympathy and sadness and also laughing a bunch because sadie sink is a maniac but also said some funny stuff you know i'm gonna give it an a solid a i don't think it's quite an a plus but I do, I'm going to slap an A on it. It's, I think, the fourth or fifth, fifth highest movie on the 2022 list for me that I keep. So there you go. I think the only movie, well, what are the movies that beat it out, you might ask? Well, I will tell you. Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Banshees mm-hmm. of Inishirin and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. I mean, those are the only three movies I thought were better that year. So there you go. Cody, I just need, I need to ask you one question. Do you? I need you to hazard a guess without looking it up. Yes. 
How many nominations and wins did this get? I know how many Oscar nominations it has, unfortunately. No, no, I'm um, talking about like award not. You is know it how like 43 and six, 43 noms, six wins? How dare you, sir? How dare you even come at me with that weak sauce? All right. Wow. We, so this movie got 114 nominations. Won 40 separate awards, nominated for three Oscars. Wow. There you go. And they're not like pushover awards either. It's like Screen Actors Guild and Austin. Yeah. Yeah. There's some real ones in there. I'm curious to see what happens. I think the Oscars are coming up here real quick. I think they'll probably be out by the time this airs. So I'm curious to see uh, what wins, who wins what. There's some interesting movies in it this year but brendan fraser i think has a good a shot at the actor in a leading role as any others um let's just see who's uh, who else is in that category nobody good yeah probably not i mean it's one of those movies if if a movie is set up to win it it's one like this where it's like hey look it's a very interesting kind of different role it's very centered around him you did a great job it's also a comeback performance Okay, Darren Aronofsky did Black Swan. He also did The Wrestler, which is another big comeback movie for Mick Rory. What's his name? Mickey Rourke. Who is he up against? Brendan Fraser is act. He's against Austin Butler for Elvis, Bill Nye for Living, which is pretty good. Colin Farrell and Banshees of Indian and Paul Mescal for After Sun. Never heard of After Sun, but I think out of that group. Brendan Fraser stands a really good chance to win that because I don't know that any of those other performances are. I mean, Austin Butler might get it because he's hot, but Bill Nye, good performance. I I wouldn't say it was better than The Whale and Colin Farrell, also great performance, but not better or as impactful or as Oscar Beatty as The Whale was. So we'll see how he does. Paul Mescal, what is After Sun? No one knows. Well, that's another A24. A24, my boy, my studio. They're killing it. They're all over the Oscars this year. It's kind of wild. They got everything everywhere all at once. They got After Sun. They got The Whale. They might have one more too. Marcel the Shell's shoes on. They're everywhere, dude. Everywhere. A- everything all at once. A24 really went for the jugular with, with the pandemic shutting everyone else down and then being like, there's 15 people on our entire film set. So like we can stand six feet apart, you know, mm-hmm. we can just keep yep. making the movies. Yeah. A24 is rocking the Academy Awards this year, dude. I mean, this is a this also didn't get nominated for Best Picture. I mean, and we're talking Best Picture nods going out to Top Gun Maverick, Women Talking, Avatar Way of Water, you know? I mean, kind of a weird year. It's always a weird year. Tyler, it's an A movie. We both agree. Obviously, you do agree. And uh, A and a B. Not too shabby. We're not offended. I'm not getting canceled. And if we they come at me, I'm hiding behind you. And I need you to be the paintball shields for me getting canceled. Look, I know it's going to hurt. I know the paintballs aren't going to break, but I need you. All right? I need you to take this one for the team. Cody, I can block. I can block for you. I'm a big boy. Not as big as Brent Fraser. Brent Fraser, big boy. All right? He stood up. I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, want to thank everyone for listening. 
You can share us, rate us, review us. We are Opinion Havers. You can find us on social media at Opinion Havers. And if you want to cancel me, you slide into my DMs and we will duke it out. Until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. That people aren't real people, right? Can we agree on that? That's what you said earlier. Mm-hmm. 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 Won't say yes or no, but I will make noises. I will make obscure noises and they can't come after me. I'm just going to cut that out. I'm just going to find you saying yes earlier and just put it in. <laughs> no. <laughs>